0: Hey everybody, this is your host Tom the Soup Forest and welcome to another Concert Conversations brought to you by the beautiful Palace Theater in Waterbury and our great sponsor Ion Bank. As you know, we always try to bring people who have some sort of connection to the Palace Theater and today is no different. We have someone who has done a tremendous amount of great music in the this area uh, in the jazz uh, genre, uh, a great percussionist, Tom Davino. Hey, Tom, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you here. I know you're doing a, a, a tremendous amount of stuff. And off-air, we were talking a little bit about... Uh, some of the stuff that's happened, uh, with COVID and, you know, kind of hurt all of us out in the music it did. business, it but did. Let, let's kind of start, you know, <laughs> people always ask me, you know, how did you start in this crazy business? And it really is a crazy business. Um,
1: when did you start playing, uh, percussion? Well, I came from a musical family. My brothers, my, my mother was an opera singer. Oh, wow. And, uh, Yeah. And uh, not, you know, not uh, on any high level, but she she studied uh, opera and was a big opera buff. And she she did quite a bit of singing before I was born. Um, So I came from a musical family and my brothers were quite a bit older than I was. and They had started playing professionally in like uh, the 60s. And I can that's my earliest memory of uh, wanting to be a, a, a player. And um, I remember them talking about a, a, trying to get on a concert that was happening, and it turned out to be Woodstock. Ah. So that's how fa- that's how far back it, <laughs> it, it, I go. And uh, and then my brother uh, was a big influence. My eldest brother Mike was a big influence. Uh, he brought like jazz into the house, and I started listening it really young. And I started playing probably professionally when I was 14. I remember my mom driving me to the gigs um, and my brother helped a lot. He, he used me for a lot of the things he was doing. and But I remember um, pretty much my memory of Dave Grubeck and Joe Morello and uh, Oscar Peterson. Those were the first influences that I can remember as a kid. Um, and that started me off. That, that got me going.
0: Well, you know it, and it, it always as as a kind of a I guess you would call me a, a blues rock guy. Basically, yeah. uh, I grew up I grew up you know in the '60s, late '60s, '70s. Uh, it always surprises me a little. Um, it's it's probably because I'm naive, but I, I always surprises me when someone says, "Yeah, I I grew up with jazz," because. You know, jazz was out there, but it certainly wasn't in the mainstream in, during that period of time. So,
1: no, no, it wasn't, and, and you know, unfortunately, it, it never um, had the uh, interest that it had in, say, the '40s, right? Uh, and and to to some extent, the '50s and '60s were they had, a, you know, a, a, a culture of. Of Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock and all those guys. I mean, that was always a, a prevalent um, musical uh, genre. That that was it didn't it never had mainstream appeal. You know, jazz has never had mainstream appeal, in the sense that uh, you know um, Taylor Swift does. Yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, good comparison. Well, you know, I I I think and 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 again, I'm I'm of a simplistic mind. And for me, mm-hmm. just I mean, I, sure, I've played jazz, but can I tell you I really understand jazz? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's a little too complicated, uh, and maybe it's complicated for uh, the general public, but it is an amazing uh, genre of music, and very few people can really bring it home.
1: Well, it's deep and it's and it requires a lot of skill and a lot of um, knowledge of history of, of your instrument. But as a blues guy, you know you're you're kind of you're kind of in there because you're you're improvising over the form of the song, right?
0: Rogue, and creating,
1: absolutely. And yeah. and you're create and you're creating your own melodies, and sort of that's sort of what it is. You know, the song continues on, and you create a new melody over the top of it, and you sort of inflect things from your influences and your past and you might even inflect a a, a lick from a bb king tune or something that people might know and then they they kind of smile and they get it and it sort of draws the audience in and that's kind of the way i view jazz i mean um the more you understand about any art form the more you appreciate the subtlety of it so you know if i go here if when i would hear uh chick korea play and he would you know, imitate a or or a repeat a line that came from a Miles tune, or or a Herbie would do the same thing. You know, you it draws you in because you get it and you can and it helps you to connect. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you know, you have to have a little. It takes a little knowledge and and study to to really appreciate it. But it does. You, it does. You, That's. I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, and and it's,
0: you know, for me, I don't have that mathematical mind. I think that might be it. And People who aren't musicians may not realize it, but music is has a lot of
1: math in it. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but you you know, being a blues player, you're, and I think I think some would argue that jazz came from the blues. Yeah, yeah. So so you know, you're you're the roots are there. When in, in, in your presentations, I hear it all the time. You know, yeah,
0: so. yeah, yeah. I I I skirt the edge of it. But I would never call myself a jazz guy. I, I yeah, don't yeah. know enough. And I certainly don't know enough about the history. So uh, let's talk about where you are these days and, and who the groups that you're playing with. I know you're doing uh, several projects. So, um, in fact, I heard one, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Mady. 80 miles. miles,
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: my God. It was, and I'll tell you, anybody who's listening, check this out because anybody from any love of any kind of music is going to dig this. Uh, I, I listened to, uh, the one I love.
1: Oh, the, yep. The, the whole the CD or just the,
0: uh, no, I just actually that. And, and I okay, was, yep. I was knocked out.
1: Oh, that a kiss of life. That's, that was like the title, not the title. Right, cut, right, right. That was the, that was the big song from that CD. Yeah. That came out great. And she's, she was, she is a wonderful artist who's having some health issues now, so I can't work with her. presently. Oh. But, oh. Yeah. She, she was one of the first maybe Miles was uh, her, her stage name in the seventies was um, Debbie Taylor and she was actually like a disco singer. She sang, um, she was one of the first artists signed to Arista. Oh. And and if you go, if you, if you Google Debbie Taylor, you'll hear some of the stuff. And it, it was really cool in the seventies because they, yeah. they used real symphonies. You know, they, they use a real string section to play along with these dance tunes. And you'll hear that if you ever um, listen back to those tunes, they had big budgets in those days. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah.
0: Now it's uh. <laughs> now you bring a yeah. synth guy in, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. <laughs> and he plays yep. 48 parts. <laughs> you can blame the you can blame the weakening of the union for, for that probably.
1: <sighs> well, it's, you know, so much change. <laughs> I mean, that's another that's another interview when we can talk about what happened <laughs> what, what happened to the music business in the last 20, 20, 20 years, you know, of, <laughs> of downloading and making music free. You know, that that changed the whole mindset of of how we um, buy or or um, gather music in our lives. It used to be a, an effort and it would had a value. But once the once the downloading thing happened, it it kind of gave music less value and more of a sort of like uh it's it's at my fingertips. I don't have to do anything to get to it.
0: Oh, I know. And so
1: I think that changed everything. It really did. My it's hurtful, to, man,
0: it's hurtful. I mean, uh,
1: my you know, my
0: It's funny because uh, you know how you always every, the the music business seems to have a nail in the coffin every you know couple of years. And the <laughs> last, and the last one for me was I do a lot of live shows and. And uh, somebody said, "Oh, I I love your music. Where can I get it?" And I said, "Well, hey, I have a CD right here." And the guy looked at me quizzical, you know, kind of in a quizzical way, and he said, "Well, I don't, I don't have a CD player." And I naively said, "Well, you must have one in your car." (laughs) (laughs) And no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the young kids. I I did a little um, recording in my studio for my good friend Timmy Maya's daughter um, about. Two years ago or so, she's a really good singer. Uh-huh. And um, at the end, I said, "Okay, let me burn you a CD, so you could go home and listen to it." And she got real quiet, and she kind of looked at her dad, and he said, "Tom, she won't have any way of playing that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know it's a whole different thing now, and it's moving so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then that's great too. I mean, I love technology. I, I'm I'm a technology buff, you know, and um, So I love, I love what's going on technically. And, you know, it's going to find a, it's going to find a new level. That's maybe not what we're comfortable with or used to, but it's finding its own level. This, the networking and the the, the social media platforms are really making careers for kids, you know, that we never had the opportunity to. So it's, it's just, it's just always evolving. But I, you know, I was concerned way back being from, and you're, and you're, your past um, history will relate to being in business and seeing how business works. And music was always a business. And I saw that it was sort of like, wow, if people don't have to pay for this, I know, you know, what's, what's going to happen now, how is the record company going to have any incentive to promote an artist? If in the end, they're not going to sell any records. Yes. So I I saw it a long, I saw it coming a long time ago and, and, you know, it, it's gone now. I mean, record labels, right? It's mostly there's independents and very small labels. The big labels are, they're de- dealing with, you know, the, the, the Taylor Swift's and the, the country artists are real big now.
0: Yeah. The so, the, the half the, of 1% probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah artists yeah. are making, are making money. And, and, you know, there's still some in the touring uh, as you yep. know, but so let's let's kind of go on to the Hartford Jazz Orchestra. Okay, really sure.
1: interesting, really great. Yeah, that's you know, Chick Chacchetti, Charles Chick Charles Chick from Waterbury. He, he um taught my actually taught two of my brothers piano. Uh, he he's he was um a fixture in Waterbury and in the state of Connecticut. For right, the longest right. time. And he toured um, in the 70s. I think it was the 70s. He was with um, Sergio Franchi, the Mm -hmm. Italian singer. Right. And Chick, that was Chick's thing, man. He 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 arranged for a full orchestra and he was the the musical director and they toured all over the world. And I never saw Chick happier. I'd see him come home. He was always smiling, Um, but he always ran a band in Hartford. They used to play at the 880 club. It was a, a Oh, a, I orchestra. remember the
0: 880.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was 16 to 18 piece orchestra. Yeah. And it was all his arrangements, all Chick's original arrangements. He would write whenever he could and bring those charts in and rehearse them in front of an audience, but and that was really fun cuz you know, he would yell at the band or 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 stop it in the middle and you kind of got inside a um what Makes a big band tick, you know, and I always liked that as a kid, and I think people liked it too. When we play now, we don't really stop. Um, uh, we don't stop in the middle and rehearse. We kind of it became more of a performance now each week. But anyway, the band has been going on for maybe 30 years, and up until uh, well, up until this last COVID thing hit, we had 90 year old musicians playing in the band that were the original guys that played with Chick.
0: Yeah, and, you know uh, I I read it, the article in the Hartford Current uh mm-hmm, preparing for, mm-hmm. for this interview and yeah. uh you had a whole there was a whole section there on people who who were who yeah. <laughs> not there any longer uh wow. yeah and for a 90 yeah. year old person to be able to play I think that is that's a beyond a miracle.
1: Yeah, they and now, let me tell you there was uh, three that were even up until we stopped um Don Trenor was uh, leading the band after Chick passed away in the nineties, and Don uh, was ninety three, still showing up every week Ugh. with his piano, leading the band, talking about his history, which is really, really um, an interesting past. And um, and and Sebi Jaco, Sebastian Jocko, he he mm-hmm. was the the real. Um, I don't know if the word is patriarch or uh, patriarch of the of the band but he, mm-hmm. he's in his 90s and he was there right up until we stopped.
0: You know, it's and- I think that might be the magic uh of music. We're going to take a very short break uh okay. and listen to our great sponsor Ion Bank and Beautiful. then we're going to be right back and talk a little bit about uh the Palace. So everybody stay with us. Uh, we'll be here right back. <laughs>
1: Business owners know you have to take control of your cash flow to grow your business. Ion Bank has a full range of cash management tools to help you save time, work more efficiently, and prevent fraud. It's never been quicker or easier to take control of your cash flow so your business can take off. Learn more about Ion Bank's cash management tools at IonBank.com, member FDIC.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Concert Conversations, brought to you by the beautiful Palace in Waterbury and Ion Bank, as you heard. Today, we're talking with a great jazz musician, Tom DeVino, and we were just talking about uh, the Hartford uh, Jazz Orchestra and... uh, all the great players. And, and I know those na- a lot of those names that you, you mentioned, Tom, uh, and I'm not mm-hmm. even, I used to play, um, I was a guitar player for the Landerman agency. Do you remember oh, yeah. them? Oh, I mean, yes, they, I do. <laughs> they were yeah. really big and, and, and Paul uh, Landerman would bring me in and I'd, I read, so he, he would bring me in and I'd play, you know, with the jazz band. And then he would turn to me and he'd say, hey, kid, uh, play one of those rock songs, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that, ne- was, him. that was him. I'll never forget that. And I, I I, met so many of the jazz guys, but always knew them by their first names only, you know? So right,
1: yeah, it was... sure. Or their, <laughs> so, or their nicknames.
0: Yeah, exactly. They called me Jerkface, so... <laughs> so, you know... I I think I was like 20 years old if uh, if I remember right when I in fact I don't know if you know Dave Stoltz but Dave Stoltz and I met of course yeah yeah. well Dave and I met then because we were the two young kids and uh, and and we've been playing together ever since on and off. Uh, oh, so,
1: that's great yeah, yeah he's, he's a he's, he's a hartford fixture for sure Dave. oh
0: yeah dave's toured with some really big acts oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's still doing it so you know he lives yeah he's he's a yeah and he's a multi-instrumentalist
1: guitar, yeah Bruce, you know he's dave's the real deal
0: oh yeah he's <laughs> yeah, music is his master that's that's for yep. sure yeah so so tell us um mm-hmm. you you have a connection with the Palace. Uh, uh i know so why don't you kind of give us an explanation of that
1: tom if you would so uh the opening night of the newly renovated palace uh we played uh with the Harold Zinell jazz orchestra mm. right be- right before it was it before or after tony tony played um Tony Bennett played that night, oh, an opening night. And amazing. I can't remember if we played, we, pl- I think, oh, we played after him. There was kind of like a, a gathering on the stage right after him. So we had the orchestra there ready to go. Ah. So that's when I started there. And then um, on and off, I played there for a bunch of different functions and I'm trying to think there was one, Oh, uh, we played right after the tower of power when they were there about, that probably was ten years ago now. Oh, that's crazy. We, we did another. We did. Again. We had similar band as they did, but we stayed away from their music. But and they played first, and we again we played second. Oh wow. Um, and that was. I've only been on the big stage a few times there. I play a lot, a lot inside um, the lobby area and the the when there's a fundraiser inside where the bar is.
0: Yes, and the, I've I've done that myself. Yeah,
1: and um, you know I I was. A kid when this in the 70s when the palace was the place I and mean, everybody fantastic artists came through uh waterbury on their tours Steely dan was one of them actually and uh, i mean you name a band they all everybody played at the palace
0: yeah you you are right and they're and they're starting and you know covid you know you know beyond covid um they're starting to attract some really great uh Great oh, acts yeah, and the, shows again. So, the place is spectacular. If yeah, nobody's so, been there. It's it's like what is it? Palace is a perfect
1: name. It's the same um, expression everyone's uh, every. They're when they walk in there, it's this um, amazed look at this like historical venue that's been restored. And you walk in there, and it's just magnificent. It really is. We're really lucky that we have that in Waterbury.
0: Oh We're very I, lucky. It's it's unbelievable and I and I must say this every time because I, I always worry that people don't know. If you're not from the area, uh it's a beautiful area of Waterbury. It's safe, it's great parking there. Uh Yukon is across the street. Uh right, and that's the right. palace itself. there's nobody I haven't heard that said this is like one of the most beautiful places I have ever been in. Sound is great. Uh,
1: sounds great. Yes, it does. People
0: are really, really nice there. Uh, so, so so tell us tom um Mm -hmm. you know uh you know because we're 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 talking about COVID, and, and and everybody does when we're talking about music uh what's in the future what what do you have going uh in the rest of 2022.
1: so the hartford jazz orchestra which we talked about was led by chick and we played all of his music even upon his death we still continued each week to play the majority of our music was chick's arrangements and the beautiful thing about chick's arrangements were not only his arrangements the way they sounded but no one else in the whole world has that music when you came to hartford to hear chick that was a special night that no one else could experience in the sense that the arrangements weren't out there for everyone to play it was was really a, a a jewel of a of an evening yeah and and um so we're going to continue that band. Now we, we had our home was the Arch street tavern for many years, right? but since COVID they're not opening on Mondays any longer. So we just found a new home that we hope will work out. It's a brewery. It's called the illicit brewery. It's in uh, Manchester and they have a dedicated room for us prepared, which will be awesome because it'll be, you know, people that just want to see us, but also they have a gigantic outdoor facility that we're looking forward to playing in this summer we will be outside. And I think that'll appeal to a lot of different, um, age groups, you know, and
0: what's a a brewery called, Tom?
1: Elicit E L E L I C I T.
0: Oh, Oh, okay. Got it.
1: So we'll be doing that. Um, I play in a tribute band. It's called uh, Bo Bolero. It's a tribute to Steely Dan. We've, we've been together as musicians for, not just playing steely dan but i grew up with these guys uh, waterbury natives and uh we're going to be playing at the katherine Hepburn theater on the 19th of march
0: oh that's great and
1: that's that's sold out perfect, um, that, perfect. that 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 got canceled by COVID twice so um <laughs> the people that were holding the tickets uh are going to be happy that they finally get to see us again
0: yeah beautiful theater and, yeah, that, um, uh, you know, anybody who uh, is a musician, you know, uh, the the faint of heart, the lightweights, don't play Steely Dan. So,
1: no, uh, it's it's not easy, and the the players are just fantastic. Uh, Bob Renato, the guitar player, he has a big. You you would know as a guitarist, that's a big uh, effort to try to emulate those. Oh those yeah, parts. absolutely. And the good thing about playing you know people frown sometimes on tribute bands but um being that steely dan was so jazz oriented it it leads it it lends itself to us opening the songs up and actually featuring our soloists with their own thing too so we the beginning of the song is what everybody remembers and they go crazy and then we just take it into our own sort of realm and 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 that really makes us different than most tribute bands and we love the music too. So that really makes a big difference when you're really just enamored with all those little intricate parts that they wrote. It it really makes a difference. I think in the performance.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, tribute bands, you know, I have a love hate relationship with them, of course, because I'm an original guy, but I, I I would say that um, beyond just being, you know, technically astute playing Steely Dan that's a, just a tough road. I mean, I've done it, and you know, I know other people. But yeah, you, you walk away from it thinking, "Gee, you know, I I learned something just right <laughs> then." <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. might have been, you know, quit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, so that's great. I'm I'm glad that sounds like a great thing. I, I would love to see that.
1: It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, and
0: what we, are your what are your plans recording wise? Have you are you going to be doing anything else with with uh? this year um, in her studio
1: so i'm presently uh farming my my drumming uh prowess out to other artists that need drums on their tracks that became a very big thing during covid all these I mean, right, you could, you, could, right. you could literally hire Kenny Arnoff from uh, John Cougar's band to play on your song if right, you want right 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 every all of us i i've been doing this for years but all these drummers now during covid they set up you know, a remote recording studio in their in their houses or in a facility close by. And, you know, you just call them up and say, look, could you play on this tune? And you send them your tracks and they put the drum track on and they send it back to you. So I'm doing that now. I did that all through COVID. And yeah, I'm and you can't,
0: you can't tell the difference. There is no, like, oh, no, he's, no, not, no, no, he's no. not in our studio with Logic and Pro Tools, no. et cetera. Um, it's like yeah, I mean, there.
1: It still depends on the music. Like, I wouldn't really want to do a blues record like that because you really need the interplay between the players. Right. But, you know, a lot of the formulaic, formulaic music, like the country stuff, it lends itself fine to that, that setup, you know?
0: Well, you know, I, I, I think so. I, uh, I've I've had some experience with that. I, I think a lot of times you get good players who who will send you four or five different takes, and then you can kind exactly. of you mix That's and exactly match that. them, or you know whatever. Gee, I don't like that lick. You know, I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this one in there. But
1: well, I guess, I um, I,
0: I, uh, I know with COVID and everything, it's it's pretty difficult. And um, boy, with the jazz orchestra, that must be an interesting economic situation to get everybody out (laughs) or, or never in mind just, Hey, when are we going to (laughs) rehearse?
1: Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, these sort of slash rehearsal bands have um, been popping up around the state. And, you know, we, we play in front of an audience um, every week, but it's really to, you know, expose the audience to the band and also to learn new music. And that's kind of how it works because it is hard to, um, play a lot with an 18 piece orchestra oh god that's, that's just i can't you know, get so. my quartet together <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah you understand yeah sure but um you know it's a, i love doing it and it's a, it's a very um gratifying experience to hold a band together as a drummer oh
0: you know? my god yeah and, and and believe me people who aren't musicians without without a solid drummer it is literally hell up there uh, it is. <laughs> uh, been there, done that. Don't ever want to do it again. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Tom Devino, I'd like to thank you very much. Um, it's really great to have guys like you out there who, you know, wow, know, what's, you. you know, who do the, all kinds of music and. Uh, You know, it sounds like, you know, from straight-ahead jazz to uh, Steely Dan-type rock jazz or jazz rock. Yep, Uh, yep. That's some some great stuff. I I wish you well.
1: Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, thank Thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, let's talk again soon.
0: Oh, absolutely, and let us know what's going on in the future, and we'll have you back on Concert Conversations. Everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, Concert Conversations will also uh, be doing other great musicians and people behind the scenes that uh, have uh, a great connection with the Palace Theater in Waterbury. And thank you, Ion Bank. Have a great day, everyone.